making choices based on the word. If I can get this thing started. It's so important for us today to remember that um, we've been called, we've been sanctified, we are righteous through the blood of Jesus, and that we are led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was sent to help us in understanding, in revealing the word to teach us, to make us remember the word and also essentially to guide and order our steps. And that's a very important thing as Christians that we know that we have got the Holy Spirit in us. And that is what God has through the blood of, through the death of Christ mandated that the Holy Spirit be there to guide you, to walk with you, but it has to be a fellowship relationship. You have to be in a fellowship relationship. It's not a question of the Holy Spirit leading you if you're not willing to be led. And if you're not willing to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit speaking, and this is the thing. People say, I don't hear the word of God. Yes, we hear the word of God because the word of God is in the word. So how can you say you don't hear the word of God? It is in the word. And that's where the word, or rather how God allowed or God instructed or made sure that the word was written for each and every one of us to continue in his presence, in the knowledge of Christ in the knowledge of the will of God, and to be also be in the service and in the commission. So I think what we need to understand from the start is that we are speaking of spirit-led believers. That's what we speak. I want to speak to spirit-led believers. If you've not be, you're not a spirit-led believer, then you're not a Christian. That's what the Bible says. If the Holy Spirit is in you, you're not a Christian. And I can give you so many verses in the word that says that. So it's important. When do you get the Holy Spirit? When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit? When you believe, truly believe in the suffering, the crucifixion, the resurrection and ascension of Christ for your salvation, you are, as far as I'm concerned, baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's God's free gift to you. But you've got to walk in the Holy Spirit. You've got to get filled in the Holy Spirit. And the way you get filled in the Spirit is when you have knowledge of Christ in you. So for you to be filled in the Holy Spirit, each time you get knowledge, you get more feeling. So feeling continues. It doesn't stop. It's like salvation. Paul says, work your salvation. Just because you're saved doesn't mean that's the end of it. You must continue to work your salvation. And how do you work your salvation? By having knowledge. By reading the word. You are sanctified. You've been given the free gift of righteousness in Christ. But you still have to work your salvation. 
You still have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you get filled with this Holy Spirit as you gain knowledge in the word. So saints, I don't want to lie to you. Right? I don't believe in this situation where people are told that uh, you give Christ 10 minutes a day or you read the Bible 10 minutes a day. To me, that is, I don't know. I don't want to use a very strong word. But essentially, I think, if I think of the times when I used to watch TV, I used to get home at about five tired, TV's on, I watch TV until one o'clock, and then, really seriously, and then how can I come to church and save somebody who's a Christian, who act 20 minutes a day, read two verses a day. Pray for 10 minutes. I mean, honestly. You put, me off, put more effort in other things, and yet when it comes to God, you have a part-time fellowship with God. It's not a full-time fellowship. It's a part-time fellowship. It's like a, a, a reminder. Okay, I put the alarm on. Okay, 10 to 6, let me read until 7 o'clock, and then you are back to whatever you're doing. That's not a relationship. That is not a relationship. That, in fact, is an effort. You are saying to yourself, Uti, ah, all right, I'm marking the calendar. I, I, I read yesterday, the day before and the day after. You know, when you read the word, and I'm going to be honest with you, when you get to know this word and the Holy Spirit reveals the mysteries in the word, you'll never put this book down. You will never put it down. Because each time you read it, you find that something new comes in. Every time it comes up. I, I'm going to be honest with you that I've gone through my Bible from March. I decided to go through it. I'd never done it in my life. I don't want to lie to you. I went through my Bible for the first time. And I, 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 when I gone through it, it was amazing how everything was fitting like a puzzle right from the beginning to the end. I didn't have to ask any questions. It was just everything. I then understood that the Old Testament is a shadow of the New Testament. That the New Testament fulfills the Old Testament. And that the New Testament is the revelation of Christ. There is no mystery anymore. Christ has been revealed. You cannot say I don't know who Christ is. The only reason why you don't know who Christ is is because you are not reading your word. You cannot be told who Christ is. You cannot be taught a relationship. A relationship is something you must desire yourself. Get into the word. Get to know who Christ is. Get to know who you are in Christ. If you don't know who you are, you don't know who you are in Christ, you have no victory. You cannot stand here and tell me you have good victory when you can't even understand or know who you are in Christ. And the problem with Christians today, why we are so left behind is because we don't know who we are in Christ. We are so busy phoning and thinking of so many things, but we are not going on our knees. Because we don't have that relationship. If you have a relationship, look, if I have a relationship with you, Pastor, if I get into trouble, I think of you and I call you. So if you've got a relationship with Christ, if you get into a situation, who do you call first? Jesus. Why do you wander all over the place? So he called Jesus. And that's where you start. You see, God uses men. If you read the word, you'll find that God himself can do things in your life. He can use men to change things in your life. But you don't run there. He actually puts everything in place for you. He is always working behind you. Even times when you don't know, he is busy. 
You may think it, he is speaking to you, but sometimes you don't listen. Because you are busy doing other things, you have no time to listen. This is where you've got to start realizing that you need to develop a relationship. This is why people lie to you, because you don't have the relationship. You want to hear what pastor said, and so and so, but you don't know. You're not a Berean. You don't go back. You take notes on Sunday. Go back and look at them and say, ah, that verse is wrong. I want to understand what it's all about. Go and read it. If you don't know, you continue reading the word. You continue reading the word. And I'm telling you, that word will be revealed. The Bible repeats itself. It will speak about the Holy Ghost there. The Holy Ghost there. The Holy Ghost there. Speak about salvation there. Speak about uh, your sheltering, your protection. It, it goes on. It doesn't stop. So today we don't want to speak anything but Jesus. If you go to a church the way they don't speak Jesus, walk out. We don't speak materialism, we speak Jesus. What you don't understand is that when you're in Jesus, you are complete. Everything is there. Your provisions, your inheritance, everything is there. But you have to tap in it. To tap into it means you need to have a relationship and understanding and knowing who you are in Christ. Only then can you start tapping into it. Because everything has been finished. You're busy looking, but it's all been finished. Christ on the cross said, it is finished. And Christ rose. And where is he sitting? On the right hand of God. The Bible says he's resting. Because it is finished, he's done it all. There is no need for struggles. The Bible says you must labor to reach your rest. Laboring is reading the word. It's praying. You cannot enter salvation through someone else's faith. It is by your belief and by your faith. For you to work your salvation, you've got to what? Read. You've got to pray. Work out your salvation. It doesn't stop from the day you give yourself to Christ. Some people come to church because they come to church, but they have no relationship with Christ. They don't know who Christ is. This is why we find it difficult to save souls. Because we don't believe in what we've believed. We have no relation. So essentially, if you don't... Yesterday, I've got a friend of mine who I've known for a long time. A very nice guy. I've been praying about him every day. And uh, <laughs> yesterday, I thought to myself, okay, this guy has probably had everything. I probably would want to tell him he had all the verses and stuff. So I decided to go and buy a Bible. I bought a Bible. And I took it to his house yesterday and surprised him and shocked him. I said, brah, I bought you a Bible. I want you to read the word. And for some, something, the Holy Spirit should have done something in him because he took it and he said to me, ah, I'm going to write on this Bible presented to me by Dr. Mazaban. And I said, yeah, <laughs> the Holy Spirit has started. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know, but the Holy Spirit has started. 
Because, you know, if you know something and you feel it like Vanessa was saying, if you don't tell anybody and you don't speak about it, then it means it means nothing to you. How excited do you get? We are men, we live in the world. How excited do you get when you find a beautiful woman or you find a great guy? How eager are you to tell your friend? Yay, what I saw. You have no idea. We do that. But we don't do that about Christ. We don't say, gosh, you don't know. You don't know the God I've believed in, the Christ I've believed in. I now know who God is. I now know who Christ is. Because once, you, Christians, it's not about your testimony. Okay? It's about the proclamation of Christ in your life. We don't want you to stand here and tell us that uh, you had a raise. Any non-believer can get a raise. We want to hear the proclamation of Christ in your life. What changes the world is the proclamation of Christ in your life. What brings people to church is not what you tell them. It's what they see in you. you must, your life must acknowledge Christ. If your life doesn't acknowledge Christ, you can speak until the cows come home. People will just look at you and say, ah. But she's a Christian or he's a Christian. But look at what he's doing. And because you're not in the word, you're not living in the world, the word changes. It divides. The word cannot leave you the same as you are. I don't believe it. I know I'm a testimony to that. I'm a witness. The word will never leave you. It will change you. You find yourself in a situation one day where you are reading the word and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit puts something in your heart and you start saying to yourself, hey, yeah, but it is. You know. And I'm saying this because like all men in my youth, I had a son outside of my marriage or when my marriage had fallen apart, I had a son. And like all young men, I said, ah, who's those Wenel? And it's the truth. Most men have done it. I'm not, I'm not going to hide and get ashamed about that because I've repented. I've been saved. I'm no longer condemned. And now I know that I have to put things right with my son. And that's what this policy did. No one told me. No one said, ah, but God just spoke to me and said, you've got to put your things right. And I approached the mother and I told her, okay, look, this is the situation. We're still talking, but the good thing is the Holy Spirit came and changed the situation. And this is what I'm talking about, Bazalwan. Anyway, <coughs> these last two weeks, God has been teaching me a lot of things, which is what I want to share with you today. Because one of the things that God put in my heart was basically is, you don't know how to make choices. I'm not talking about deciding what to eat or what to wear, who to speak to and not to speak to. I'm talking about choices that matter and that change your life. The choices that we make and the, when things are not right, you hold your head and say, why did I do that? Those are the choices I want to talk about today. I've already taken a bit of time, so I'm going to rush through. We're going to be doing the word. I, I, I mean, I don't believe people who teach and don't speak the word. If somebody doesn't speak the word, I just realize, 
It's either he doesn't know the word and he's now basically speaking from his mind. Because it's very easy to speak and motivate. The word does not motivate. It changes. We're not motivational speakers. We're here to save souls and change lives. That's what we're all about. So, okay, let's say, uh, I'm going to watch the clock today. Mr. Jelly is not here. Good. <laughs> oh, 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 that's worse. There's no running away from it. Okay, church, let's, let's first look at the principles of making word-based choices. Firstly, the first principle is know who you are in Christ. That is the beginning. Because when you know who you are in Christ, you know that your hope lies in Christ. The second thing is Stay in the word to gain knowledge of who you are. Third thing is to know who God is. Know your commission. Be a doer of the word, live the word. You are the face of Christ. Trust, believe, and labor and find your rest in Christ. So essentially, I want to tell you today that it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. It means nothing. It doesn't matter whether you are a pastor or you got a doctorate or whatever. It doesn't matter. Maturity, spiritual maturity has got nothing to do with how often you come to church, how many committees you are in the church, uh, what position you hold in the church, whatever. That has got nothing with spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity is a person who is in the word. That's where your maturity is, is knowing the word. When you know the word, you become mature. If you're still not in the word, you are just a child, a babe in the spirit. Because you don't understand the things of God. The Bible says that we are not based in the things of the flesh or in the world, but we are based in the heavenly things, in the spiritual things. We don't delve, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Because we believe in who we've believed. We trust in whom we've trusted. We know our victory. We know our, when you speak of prosperity, people, you know, people say that success, success is not having money. It is not. Any fool can have money. There's much more to success. The word success is much more deeper than that. It's not related to materialism. It's related to more things. It's related to courage. It's related to knowledge. It's related to the ability to contend with. It's, it's a lot of things. There are a lot of successful people who have no money. Success in the sense that I remember seeing a lady who had seven children grandchildren who were left by mothers who had died of HIV. 
eight children. She wasn't working. But she put those kids through school by selling oranges on the street. Those kids went into edu high education. And as God, you know, praying God was amazing. Praying God was amazing. Those kids all got bursaries. I know three are university. That is success. Fortitude. That is success. And this is where, as a Christian, you must anchor your life. In Christ. Okay, I'm going to have to... Right. I just want to tell you something that is a bit scintillating. If you don't understand it, I'll explain it. You know, truth before time may seem like a lie. But if you wait until the truth catches up with time, you will see the revelation of the word of God. God is always on time. God does not live in 1921. He is eternal. He is the beginning and the end. His time is always right. He will, he's, you know, God said to Joshua, Joshua, you know what? I want to, I'm going to give you this land of the Philistines here. But you know what, Joshua? You guys are not ready to get into, to occupy that land. So I'm going to give you time to get your time. As you grow and get yourself together, I'll give you more land. And then you can take over the whole of this territory that the Philistines will leave for you. That's how God is. He's not a God of today. He's a God of every day and every time. The thing you should know that the word of God is truth and it is eternal and it's not bound by time. We want God. God cannot be changed by time. God doesn't live in time. Truth does not change, but time changes. God is eternal. If you go to Ecclesiastes 3.15, can you put it on the screen for me if you can? If you can pick it up. Church, I want you to read this. That which is has already been and was is to be has already been. Do you understand that? Look at it. What is the word saying? That which is has already been. God has no time. And then what does it say? And what is, is to be has already been. So, what is already been and what is to be? What is now and what is to be? That is the future. It has already been. So, God is, is at the end. He is finished. You have to catch up. And you catch up by walking in his will. You cannot get to the end where God has already finished. He's plowed and finished. And you are still sitting there waiting for him to come. He's already made the road for you. And he's saying to you, come. You know, somebody once said that the uh, thing about Christians is, uh, Portia, stand up. You know what Christians do? So, God comes and he gives you. 
What does Portia say? Can I have a Bible? And God says, and Portia says, can I have a Bible? God says, Portia says, can I have a Bible? Because Portia is not seeing the Bible. There is a joke that is said at one time somebody was stranded during a flood and uh, he was a Christian and he was praying do a miracle. Get me out of this thing. Give me wings like Enoch. Take me out like Elijah. And God said, sent a fireman. And when the fireman said, come down, we'll take you out. He said, no, no, I'm waiting for God. <laughs> then God said a policeman. He said, no, 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 I'm waiting for God. I'm waiting for a miracle. Hey, when? Leave me. I'm praying here. My God is wonderful. He will perform miracles. This is the time when God is going. And he's busy giving you and you're turning your back. And you're still saying, please God. Please God. When will you get to be sensitive to the spirit, the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is here. God works through the spirit. God works through the Holy Spirit. Your sensitivity your ears in the spirit will get you to the right place. Is someone hearing me? Okay. <clears throat> when God speaks of eternity and eternity in that verse, he's speaking about the eternity of his Godhead. The Holy Spirit is eternal. He's working through his spirit. He's your today, your tomorrow, your now. He's already been done. And you're still looking, but it's already been You see, Christians, have, I, 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 I too was in that situation. I never understood what, what, what the word says when it is finished. The word it is finished means there is nothing else to do. You know, if, if, if you have uh, saved for your children and you've got a, a, a fund that you've already, you know, put up for them to go to secondary school and university, and, 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 and you know, the child doesn't want to do, you know, to do his part and get to the university, there's no you can kick him into the university. But when I would have finished, the work is done. But if that person is not recognizing their own path that they have to, the path that they have to take to get there. There's no way you can push somebody and pick them up and let them see. When the promises of God and the inheritance that is spoken about God, it's already there. But you have to get there. You have to get there. God does not start until he has finished. When God starts something in you, it means he's already finished. It's you who has to align. Look at Isaiah 46, verse 9 to 11. Can you put it up? Remember the former things of old, for I am God. And there is no other. I am God and there is no, there is none like me. That's who God is. God is complete in his essence. He's everything. If the Holy Spirit is leading you, you cannot fail. Because God does not fail. 
There is no way God will fail. God is too awesome. Too great to fail. What is there that can you know, fail God? If the Holy Spirit is you, that is the Godhead. The Bible says that the Godhead is the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ and God. They all work together. They are in unity. So essentially, if the Holy Spirit is leading you and the Holy Spirit is in your life, you cannot fail. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. All you need to do is to stand in the presence of God Almighty, the Sovereign King, in Jesus, the Word, and see your life change. Choices was all right. So we know who God is. I want you to go, I'm not going to read it now. Can you put up Ephesians 1 verse 3? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every. Does it say who will bless us? It says what? Who has? Who has? It's been done. You've been blessed with the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. You can't access those things unless you get into the word and go into the will of God. Christians like tossing verses. And sometimes I get so annoyed when somebody just throws a verse out of context. They forget what that verse says about everything else. The Bible says, if you ask, what does it say? It will be given you, but there is a condition. What is the condition? That's the first one. And the second one? It says, if you are, stayed in the word. Are we together? If you don't know the word, you can't pray. You can't talk to God if you don't know the word. What are you going to say to him? You can't say, Lord, you said this if you don't know what he said. And how he said it and for who he said it. The problem with us is we look at a verse and we don't look at who it was said to, why it was said to them, what was the situation, what was the, the environment in which it was said. <laughs> I think it's Romans 15.4 or 5.14 if I'm not right. Where Paul says that some things in the scripture were meant for our understanding. For you to see the will of God. To see how God works. To see how he himself puts himself in a situation where he is telling you that I want to do this. I want to be this for you. But you have to meet me halfway. You have to come. He's not coming. Vazalani, you don't cross a road without looking left and right. Just because you're a Christian. You still have to look left and right. So your road here is the Bible. And you've got to look left and right. To cross that road. We struggle and suffer as Christians because of, the Bible says my people die for a lack of knowledge. Because we don't know who we are and we don't know the promises and the inheritance that is in Christ. 
Look at CPs. And not looking to the author of faith. I actually wrote this message with an intention of uh, doing it in two parts because I thought it was very important. Can you go to Colossians 9, verse 9? Oh, there's no one there. Oh, you there? <laughs> okay, I'll, 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 I'll start. You're still struggling. You can't get it. Okay, Colossians 9, verse 9 says, Be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may work, walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. Fully pleasing him. Being fruitful in every good work. The work that uh, Paul is talking about is not your effort. It is the work of the spirit in you. You don't have to do a single thing. Because if you can work and become something, then that's not God. God does things in you that are remarkable. Things that you are not even aware of. You wake up in the morning and say to yourself, but. You know? That's how God works. So we, we need to be fruitful in every good work and increasing it and increasing in the knowledge of God strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. So we keep going to the, the word. James says God is, is uh, sorry, John says God is light. James says he is the father of lights. Paul says we are the children of light. That's a gospel complete. That's a gospel complete. You are the children of light. You are the, the lights. The father is the father of lights. God is light. So you are made in the image of God. So, I'm going to skip a few things and I'm going to rush to other things that I think are very important. You know, when Christians speak about deliverance, what are we speaking about? There is deliverance from sin when you get saved and when you are born again. But there is deliverance when you start to know yourself in Christ. When you start realizing who you are in Christ, you are delivered. When you gain that knowledge of who you Christ, that awakening of your true identity Christ is the deliverance. Am I speaking to Christians? Colossians 1.19 says, For it pleased the Father that in him all fullness should dwell. Guys, everything has been done. It is finished. I know, I'm not going to speak my testimony right now because hey, sometimes God can do things, he gets excited, you want to walk around and just say to yourself, God, God is amazing in his, in, in his faithfulness and what he does. 
even in relationships, I don't care what it is and what's happening in your relationship, God is amazing. When you come on your knees together and pray and say, Abba, Father, God will put you right. But the question is, are you willing to be put right? Are you still stubborn? The Bible says that God is a porter. He breaks and he fixes. If you are not willing to be broken, you can't be fixed. Sometimes, you know, to get to a place where you really need to know God, you've got to just get rid of everything that you've had in church. The wrong If you've got the wrong doctrine, you will have a wrong life. You've got to have the correct doctrine, the Christ doctrine, and then you will know who you are and walk in Christ. The spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. That can only come when you are in the word. The Holy Spirit dwells in you and reveals the word. The Holy Spirit reveals the things of heaven. The th things of the spirit. It doesn't dwell in things of the flesh. It reveals the things of heaven. Corinthians 2, 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. But God will glorify himself in your circumstances. Doesn't matter what you look at and you see and you think God will glorify himself. And he does it so that those who are looking at you outside can see that your God is alive and he's working. You see, when you that's why I said your testimony is about telling us things that don't matter. It's about proclamation of Christ in your life. And that's the thing that we want to see in our Christians today. One Peter two one says, laying aside all malice, envy, and evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tested that the Lord is gracious. Remember, as I've said, it's for you to attain that state of spiritual maturity where the revelation of Christ in your life becomes manifest. Some things cannot be taught, Bazalan. You have to be in Christ's, in the will to be able to understand and see who you are in Christ. Jesus says in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice, which is the Holy Spirit. And I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and I shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand or out of my father's hand. What else do you want? He said it, it's done, believe it and it's done. You will not perish. You will not be ashamed. The Bible says so. In Zechariah 9.12, God says that I will restore you to double of what you've lost. Doesn't matter what has happened to you. In the hours of darkness, when you feel naked and you are broken, there is no point running around like a, what you call that cue ball. Eh? Hitting the ends of it. Go to the word, go to God, go to Christ and watch him. And watch him. 
God, you know, one thing I've noticed, I've realized in my life was since I started believing and being in true in the spirit and in worship, when the Bible says that God desires people that will worship him in spirit and in truth, as I said last time, it's not about singing. It's about your attitude. Are you true to yourself and are you true to God? Do you believe in what you've believed in? You know, when Paul was walking to one of his missions with Barnabas, they came across a situation. They wanted to, to cross and go to Asia. And the Holy Spirit refused them to go. And they tried, and the Holy Spirit said, no, go that way. Because they were receptive to the Spirit. So sometimes the problem with us as Christians, the Holy Spirit speaks to you, but you push on the other direction. Do you know if you've got these things that are called navigation, whatever, in the car, it says to you, turn left, and you say, ah, there's another left turn, Pambil. I'll turn there, not here. You see, you're missing the turn, you're missing the point, because you're not being obedient. The Bible says in Romans 8.26, Likewise, the Spirit also works in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings and mournings which cannot be uttered. Now he searches the hearts, knows the mind of the Spirit. He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So the choices you make, the fulfillment of the things that you desire will only okay if they are in the will of God. You cannot choose to hate your next door neighbor. That is not in the will of God. You must walk in love. You must walk in the knowledge that you've got a commission. God says I'll do everything for you as long as you stay on the vine. And that's the important thing that we must get. I'm going to quickly uh, wrap this up. I want you to go to Romans 8.28 and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. First condition. First condition is loving God. Second, to those who are called according to his purpose. And then it goes on to say, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be confirmed to the image of, to be conformed to the image of his son. Moreover, whom he predestined, there is also, so he, these he also called, whom he also called, he also justified, and whom he also justified, he glorified. Glorified, raised to heavenly places. In Timothy 1, 3, 2, Paul says, Be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Bazalwane, we have to be the first of Christ in the examples 
of Christ in us. Fight the good fight of faith. Guard what has been committed to you. Avoid the profane and ugly babbling and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. By professing it, some have strayed away concerning the faith. So it's important, Mazwalan, that we realize that in all our choices, we walk by faith and not by sight. So what in short I'm saying to you that your choices must be based on the word. You must be in the will of God. You must be obedient. Pray and God will guide you and order your steps. And that's a very important thing that we need to do as Christians. I hope you understood what I was trying to say to you. And that at least you, you know that we've got a purpose in life that is greater than here and now. Okay, so we'll close this service in prayer. Father, Lord God, I thank you for today and all the things that you've put in our hearts this morning. And we pray that, Father, we can, have, we can become fertile ground for, which, for, for your seed to be able to be planted and to be fruitful in our lives. Father, I thank you for the fact that you've shown us that the only way we can get to know you and to have fellowship with you is to know, your, to know you through your word. You've already outlined everything for us. All we have to do is to be sensitive and obedient and to be in knowledge. I thank you, Father, for your love and your truthfulness, your faithfulness. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.